Hey folks, this is Jesse Cope, back with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Hope y'all are doing well, wherever y'all are. And whatever part of the day you're in, I sure do appreciate you joining me. For those of y'all that continue to share the podcast and tell others about it, thank you so much. I'm very grateful for y'all. For those of y'all that send encouraging notes online on social media and other places. Thank you as well. Not a whole lot going on today. Homestead. Kind of warm. We have the hope of some rain showers, which we can use. That's about it right now, I think. Father, watch over God and bless the people that listen to and share this podcast. Thank you for them. Thank you for you, Father, and your Son, Jesus Christ, and your Holy Spirit. Thank you for this life that you have given us. Thank you for the blessing of living in America. Thank you for this great country, this shining city upon a hill. Thank you for the people that have made it so. Thank you for those that are willing to sacrifice so much for our freedoms, for our liberties, our military, law enforcement, our firefighters, their families, their wives, their children, children, their children. Be with those who are overseas, Father, uh, those who are down on our border, protecting us, please bring them home safe to their families. Give them peace. Give them wisdom. Give them courage. Help us to to support them, to encourage them, to turn our nation around back to you. We ask, pray all these things, Father. And please forgive us our sin. In the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. So, some of the resources uh, I try and talk about pretty frequently on this podcast are Founders Bible that is edited, published by the Wall Builders Organization. You can buy this Bible on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, on their web- website online, a number of places. It's a phenomenal resource. Uh, has pretty good documentation so that you can not only see the quotes that they're putting in, the information that they're putting in, but you can also find the sources where they got it from. Uh, Founders Bible again, then the Patriots Bible, who's edited by Dr. Richard Lee. I think it's a great resource. I think it's a little more approachable, uh, but it's not quite as well documented. So there's a give and take there. Uh, The Bibles are also in a different uh, format. The Patriots Bible is the New King James, if you like that, whereas the Founders Bible is the New Standard Revised. I don't know. I need to go back and look, but it's it's a different version. And then the America's God and Country Encyclopedia of Quotations uh, is a phenomenal resource. A lot of this stuff is doubled in there, uh, and it's very well sourced also. So... 
Uh, I cannot recommend a hard copy, at least one hard copy of each of those uh, in each family, and, and they ought to be the primary textbooks or at least a version of them, something like them in every single classroom across the country. So I think mostly we're going to pull a lot of this from the Founders Bible today. And I will just get into it. So you start with Isaiah 59.2. Your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. This next quote is from Benjamin Rush, who was a signer of Declaration. He's one of our eminent founding fathers in an already eminent group. A doctor, one of our foremost at the time, and a proponent for public education. We've talked about him pretty frequently. At one point, uh, well, I'll just read the quote to you. Upon my return from the Army to Baltimore in the winter of 1777, I sat next to John Adams in Congress, and upon my whispering to him and asking him if he thought we should succeed in our struggle with Great Britain, he answered me, yes, if we fear God and repent of our sins. You look at that passage from Isaiah and that quote right there. Every single problem and ill that we have in the United States today goes back to our separation from God uh, on an individual basis, on a national level in our institutions, just across the board, every single ill, there's, there's different paths, but eventually they all go back to the fact that we have rejected God out of our national life. And you can see that our founders knew this, Benjamin Rush, John Adams, both, who we talk about frequently on this podcast. In this one quote, you can see both, uh, because you can see that Benjamin Rush, he approves of this. Uh, and if you don't know it from that quote, you can look at his other writings. You know, we were going to be successful so long as we looked to God. It was going to turn out the way that God wanted it to, even if that didn't look exactly the way we wanted it to. I, I think John Adams, I believe, had a quote somewhere along those lines, talking about the fact that he might not live to see uh, the success and end of the revolution, but he knew that it would happen. And his faith was rooted, as were the majority of our, the vast majority, over 90% of our constitutional delegates, for example, were avowed Christians. The idea that this was not a Christian nation from its birth, from its infancy, is just wrong. And this is from Joshua in the Bible. Then Joshua said to Achan, my son, I implore you, give glory to the Lord, the God of Israel, and give praise to him. And tell me now what you have done. Do not hide it from me. We're going to read a couple of examples of judges who, in the last moment of a criminal's life, or in their conviction going to execution, implored them along the lines of this Bible verse to repent and turn back to God and that that there was always the promise of eternal life and salvation from God 
even if their early life was coming to an end. And, and this kind of ties in to our nation a little bit, but certainly us as individuals. If we will repent of our sins and turn back to God, God promises to, to hear us, uh, particularly as individuals. And it's so imperative to do that. But even as a nation, there's multiple places in the Bible where he talks about the nation whose the Lord is their God and, and that he will look upon that nation and heal that nation. And, and we can't we can't have God's favor if we reject him at the same time. I, I, I'm going to get this wrong, I'm sure. I think it was Billy Graham's daughter, maybe, who who made the comment that, uh, you know, God was a gentleman and that we had told him we didn't want him to get out. And so as a gentleman, he politely has obliged us. And I may have misattributed that. And if I have, y'all can tell me online and I apologize. But the, you understand the point. All of these ills that we see today, abortion, the LGBTQ lifestyles, the feminism, the destruction of the marriages and families, the illegal immigration, the support of communism, the bigotry of just the critical race theory, diversity, equality, or equity, inclusion, whatever the DEI acronym is now, all of this stuff goes back to our rejection of God. The reason our public schools are failing today. All of it does. And so I'm going to read a couple of these comments by judges. And it's it's twofold. It's one to show that relationship with God and Jesus on a personal level and our need to repent of our sins and to look to him, regardless of what the earthly consequences will be. Because this is one thing that we do get really wrong a lot of the times. We think that, that as Christians, often I've heard people say, well, you know, God, I'm forgiven of everything. And, and and you can be if you turn to God, but that doesn't mean that there's not going to be earthly consequences for our actions. You know, if you cheat on your spouse, for example, and you turn to God for forgiveness, it's there. But that doesn't mean that your marriage may not be over. There's there's earthly consequences for our actions, but we can have eternal salvation if we look to God. There's going to be consequences as a nation for abortion for our support of all this sexual deviancy, for illegal immigration, for socialism, communism, for the bigotry, racism, the hypocritical standards that we've allowed to take hold here for the last several decades, half century plus, uh, for kicking God out of our schools. We already see a number of these consequences, but that doesn't mean we can't have, we can't turn back to him and still have some measure of of forgiveness, uh, certainly on an individual basis, if not a national one. This is from 1778. John Roberts was found guilty of treason and sentenced to death. The judge was Thomas McKean, a signer of the Declaration, uh, and this was his comment. You will probably have but a short time to live. Before you launch into eternity, it behooves you to improve that the time that may be allowed to you in this world. It behooves you most seriously to reflect upon your past conduct, to repent of your evil deeds, to be incessant in prayer, 
to the great and merciful God to forgive your manifold transgressions and sins, to teach you to rely upon the merit and passion of a dear Redeemer, and thereby to avoid those regions of sorrow, those doleful shades where peace and rest can never dwell, where even hope cannot enter. It behooves you to seek the fellowship, advice, and prayers of pious and good men, and may you be qualified to enter into the joys of heaven, joys unspeakable and full of glory. The other reason, I'm going to read one more uh, today. The other reason I wanted this is because it shows you in our judicial system early on that there was a tie at our founding, uh, even a decade plus after our founding between God and our nation and our courts in particular. This idea that we can't have God or shouldn't have God in the center of our nation and our public life in particular, our education and our courts and our laws in particular, is just completely false. It's misinformed at best. It's uh, evil and malevolent at worst. Uh, Another case, a man convicted of murder, sentenced to death in 1797 in Pennsylvania. The judge there was Jacob Rush, the brother of Benjamin Rush, the signer of the Declaration. Uh, This was his instruction to the defendant. As you have but a short time to live in this world, and there is no hope of pardon from any earthly hand, let me urge you to seek a pardon from above. It is the consolation of the wretched and the guilty that God is infinitely merciful, not to him who continues in the practice of sin, but to him only who repents and utterly forsakes it. You have not a moment to lose. Exert yourself, and if you have never prayed before, strive to pray now for the first time. For prayer is the very breath of heaven, and without it there is no religion, no repentance, no pardon on earth. And who knows, but through the blessing of God on your endeavors, you may be presented without spot or blemish before the throne of the Lamb, and shine hereafter among the spirits of just men made perfect in the realms of ineffable glory and felicity. Had a couple more folks, but we're not going to get to them today. Uh, again, that tie early on in our nation between our, our laws, our courts, our justice system, our founding, and God. And also, to see there in this last one, the the need to to pray and so many of our great leaders have turned to prayer throughout the history of our country and it's it's hard to really follow Christ individually or God or to really follow the history and heritage of our nation without prayer in fact I, it's impossible it, it needs to be a part of our lives both personal and public, national. God bless y'all. God bless your families. God bless your marriage. God bless America. We'll talk to y'all again real soon, folks. Looking forward to it.